Welcome to Off The Grid Radio. Better ideas to bust you and your family out of today's global control grid. Now, here's today's show. Hi, welcome to another edition of Off The Grid Radio. I'm Michael Faust of OffTheGridNews.com. Colloidal silver is one of those alternative health topics that sparks controversy no matter where you go on the internet. Some say it's dangerous, while others claim it's a miracle cure. So what's the truth? We'll talk about today. We'll talk about that today on this week's edition of Off the Grid Radio as we speak with Scott Treadway. He's the director of Naturally Occurring Health, which teaches people how to stay healthy by living an all-natural lifestyle. Dr. Treadway is our guest on this week's edition of Off the Grid Radio. Dr. Treadway, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Michael. It's great being here. Glad to talk to you today. Thanks for helping us try to, you know, understand uh, a subject that I think uh, many people in our audience want to know about. I know on offgridnews.com, anytime we have a story about colloidal silver, it, it sparks lots of discussion in the comments and it gets lots of reads. But, um, you know, we want to have somebody, we want to have somebody on the show to kind of give us more details about it than, than a typical news story might, might provide. I guess, you know, for people who don't even know what we're talking about, Dr. Treadway, what, what is colloidal silver in the first place? Well, colloidal silver is uh, small particles of silver that normally be suspended in um, a medium like water, for example. <clears throat> and um, the way that people usually take colloidal silver is in, uh, is in that form, like a water uh, solution with small particles of silver. And they can be like nanoparticles or very, very, very small. So... Um, that's basically what colloidal silver is, and uh, that's the way it's normally taken as a uh, like a supplement. Okay, and, and what's what's the history behind it though? Uh, it's the reason I'm asking that is that there seems to be a divide between how what what health practitioners are saying now and what was you know practiced in the past by you know some of our ancestors. Right. Well, it's, it's certainly been around a long time. <laughs> I think it has a history of, of really thousands of years. I mean, it just goes back to, um, well, for example, <clears throat> the Romans knew about it. They would they would take a, a, a silver coin, which they had back in the day, you know, a couple thousand years ago, drop it in a glass of water overnight, and then drink it the next day. But what... What's been known is that, um, you know, if somebody has uh, some kind of uh, in, in a cold or flu or infection of some kind, that um, coil silver seems to help that. And so what, what's actually happening is that uh, silver <clears throat> is acts like an antibiotic. It actually does kill... Uh, you know, pathogenic types of bacteria and so on. This is well known, even today. And in our history, of course, it's been used by Hippocrates, and you know, the ancient Greek doctor, and then in the um, ancient traditions of medicine, like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and East Indian medicine. It's also known that silver is useful to prevent the growth of bacteria or to... Um, Act as an as an anti natural antibiotic, so that that tradition is definitely there, and in 
many medical systems, uh, old medical systems. So um, it's been established. And even today, I was going to say that, you know, uh, people who make um, engineers and scientists who understand how silver acts as an antibiotic use it in things that we use commonly, like our uh, water filters. Many water, water filters today have built-in amounts of uh, silver into the uh, into the filter system because it's known to uh, you know to destroy pathogenic types of bacteria, amoebas, and things like that. So it's very useful, and you know today we have that problem. We have uh, um, a lot of people who are uh, sensitive to antibiotics. And we even build up resistances to them. You know, if you go, sure. sometimes people uh, go to the hospital and they, they receive antibiotics for, for some illness that they have, or the doctor prescribes something to them uh, in an outpatient type situation. But uh, they they build up a resistance to it, and it's even come to the point where um, some people are re- are resistant to any kind of antibiotics that they've been receiving different kinds over the years, so that becomes a problem to, you know, even treat somebody for uh, an infection. And that's not everyone, but it, there are people like that that have that, that build up a resistance. And a lot of people have done, have built up a resistance to the uh, medicinal kinds of antibiotics that are available uh, commonly in our contemporary medicine. Let me ask you so, about the, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm I was going to ask you about the controversy because obviously, what you're saying uh, about colloidal silver is is quite different from what you know mainstream medicine uh, is saying right now. In other words, uh, the National Institutes of Health, NIH.gov. I'm, I'm reading off of the NIH.gov website, and they say claims made about the health benefits of taking colloidal silver aren't backed up by studies. And further, it says colloidal silver can be dangerous. To your health, and so I guess my question to, to you is, why the controversy? Um, what's where's why the divide between, you know, doctors on this issue? Uh huh. Well, I you know, there's obviously some uh, economic uh, motivators there that are in, you know involved in, uh, you know, between let's say um, traditional or ancient medicine as opposed to contemporary medicine. You know, I mean, pharmaceutical companies have a, have a, have a, uh, you know, have a, have a major stake in, in, uh, in selling antibiotics, for example. So, you know, I understand that, but I think there's also, we have to be, uh, there's a precaution, I would say, that's necessary to understand uh, colloidal silver, and that is that, there is some coil silver out there that I wouldn't that I would say is not really good quality, uh, in in the sense that the the particles of the silver uh, may be too large. It's not made correctly. That kind of thing. Um, I usually recommend that people get some kind of um, uh, home kit uh, that these are available, you know, from different uh, manufacturers. But making your own colloidal silver at, at home, I think, is a good idea as opposed to buying something off the shelf. Um, but uh, there is a controversy, and 
it, it, there, there can be a problem with uh, large particles of uh, colloidal silver where it's, I would say that the, the solution of colloidal silver isn't made correctly. And when that happens, <clears throat> you know, some, some problems can happen, which is, um, this is very rare, but it's, it's possible for, for a person's skin to actually become colored by mm-hmm. this colloidal silver if, it, if, if the particles are too big. And um, it's called a grea. It's a uh, uh, it's a condition where a person gets saturated or they take too much colloidal silver. Another thing, <clears throat> another thing that I'd like to mention is that I recommend that colloidal silver should uh, be taken. Uh, can it can be taken internally if there's a, if there's a reason for it? Um, obviously, that's normal way it's taken and suspended in water and then people drink it but there's also the problem uh, that uh, cold silver can can kill the um, probiotics that are in the gut you know we have flora in our intestines that's very <clears throat> important to our health in terms of immune, keeping our immune system strong and keeping our digestive system working correctly so this is the bacteria that we find in our gut that helps us digest food. It helps us uh, maintain our health, sure. and that, that's important. So actually, colloidal silver can can destroy some of that bacteria, some of the probiotics that are in our body. Um, so I recommend. <clears throat> I like these kits in the sense that um, they allow you to make your own colloidal silver in, in a with. In a, in a good manner, in the sense that you can make small, very small particles, nanoparticles, and uh, if the coil silver is sitting around for a long time on a shelf someplace, and you've bought that, there can be a, a, an agglomeration of the little particles. They become too big, and it's not as, as useful. But if you're making it yourself and you have it for you know a couple of weeks or something, you can keep making it over and over again. And you can keep these particles very uh, in solution at, um, you know, it, it, very small particles, like 10, 10 parts per million or 20 parts per million. And then you can uh, put that into a spray bottle apparatus so that you can spray it into your mouth almost like somebody who has asthma or something would inhale something. So you can inhale the mist. You, know, you can have an atomizer top on, on a bottle and then spray that. Usually these kits come with something like that. And um, then you can inhale it, and then it, the, the delivery system is through your lungs, basically, and not through your stomach. And so you're bypassing uh, the digestive um, system, and you're not harming your probiotics, but you're still getting it through your lungs into your bloodstream, the silver. So that's a, that's a good delivery system, in my opinion, that's better than just drinking the colloidal silver. Okay. Uh, there might be times if you had, you know, stomach flu or some uh, problems uh, where you, you wanted to kill the bacteria anyway in, in, in your digestive system, and then drinking the, the silver might be more appropriate in that case. Awesome, uh, Doctor yeah. Dr. Dr. Let's, let's take a let's take a go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying that, that you're right that there are controversies because of these. Um, some of, some of these problems. So you have to have good quality. 
uh, of the uh, colloidal silver. That's a, that's one of the things I just wanted to say. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we need to take a quick break, Dr. Treadway. When we return, let's look at a few ways people have used colloidal silver. Um, also, I should probably get this out of the way. Um, this radio show, as we say with all radio shows that deal with health topics, is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or cure any particular health condition. Please consult with a qualified health professional first about colloidal silver. Let's take a quick break. When we return, let's look at a few ways people have used colloidal silver, and let's also continue talking about precautions. We'll be right back. Finally in the news this evening, it's being reported that cyber spies from Russia and China have now penetrated our power grid. Even as energy experts are reporting that each summer we get closer and closer to the limits of our nation's power grid, some say that this summer's demand for electrical power may finally push the grid over its edge, creating a cascade of power outages across the country, putting us all in the dark. Are you prepared for the next round of storm-related outages or government-created blackouts? Have you ever thought about taking steps to get off the grid and generate your own private supply of electrical power? If so, this will be the most important information you have ever heard. Solar-powered generators are finally available. They have no moving parts to wear out or break and require absolutely no gas whatsoever. Remember, the government doesn't own the sun. So go to MySolarBackup.com. That's MySolarBackup.com. Check out MySolarBackup.com before you lose your power. Off the Grid News, because you want a different paradigm. Dr. Treadway, let's continue talking about colloidal silver now. Um, How do people use it? In other words, what do they use it for? Well, mainly, I think, you know, it's used by a lot of people as an alternative for antibiotics and as just, you know, to prevent uh, bacterial growth and things. I mean, some people actually even spray surfaces uh, with this, um, uh, you know, uh, colloidal silver solutions just to, you know, like kill the bacteria and so on. I mean, I, I suppose there's a topical reason that you could use that, you know, just as a cleaning solution, uh, depending on on, on uh, what, you, what, what you're doing, you know, like maybe cleaning off something where uh, there are a lot of bacteria might accumulate, like, uh, you know, a, a board where you might be cutting fish or something, you know. Sure. Um, but, you know, for for personal use, I think most people are using it as a alternative as for antibiotic use. So if they have, uh, and also for, for, for prevention, a lot of people take this daily. Like I said, I think one of the best delivery systems is through the lungs and spraying the colloidal silver and then hailing it so that it goes into the bloodstream. So you have that, um, you know, let's say that, you know, sometimes there's flu outbreaks and then, you know, in the wintertime or, seasonally or whatever, um, and people want to prevent that, right? Or maybe there's something that's going around the world, you know, like some kind of uh, avian flu or something that we're concerned about, and we want to have that, uh, you know, colloidal silver available to us as a preventive measure. 
So a lot of people use it in that sense that they um, uh, want to, you know, take colloidal silver internally, and so that they can prevent a a problem from happening, such as sure. uh, you know influenza or something. You know, you were talking um, about using it topically a second ago. That that's kind of uh, that that's one thing that I think both sides actually do agree on it because. I was reading the NIH.gov website, and it says that topical silver has some appropriate medical uses, such as in bandages and dressings to treat burns, skin wounds, or skin infections. It's also used in medicines uh, to prevent um, an eye condition in newborns. And, and it's also used, I believe, in, in sometimes in, um, uh, on surgical instruments and such. So I, I think that is, uh, that, that's, that's kind of interesting how even the, the government website even you know, says that that's a good use. Um, what about storing colloidal silver? Is, are there, is there anything that we should know about storing it and, and how long it'll store? Yeah, that's, that's my only concern is that um, when, you're sto- when you're storing colloidal silver for a long time, um, and I, when I say a long time, I mean over like, Two weeks or more, or a month, something like that. Um, they the, the particles tend to agglomerate. They they tend to stick to each other, and they become larger. And what you want is you want small particles. That's real colloidal silver, and it's more effective when it remains in a solution in small particles. Um, but it'll tend to uh, create large particles. It'll just uh, um, you know the molecules will stick to each other and you'll get large particles. So over time, I think it's, there's, a, there's a problem. And that's why I'm, I recommend people get kits um, mm-hmm. and make their own coil silver so that they can have, uh, you know, what I would call fresh sure. coil silver available whenever they, they want to use it. And, uh, yeah, and like you said, there is there are topical applications that, have been used and are used by, you know, surgeons and hospitals and so on. So it's understood. I mean, it's understood even today in modern science that that silver is a great antibiotic and it's a great uh, antimicrobial, you know, because you spray an instrument with it or something, then uh, bacteria tend to not grow wherever that silver is because the silver, um, you know, uh, kills the bacteria. Briefly, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say briefly, if you will, before we let you go, because uh, uh, we're kind of running out of time here. Briefly, tell us how you got into alternative health and um, and, and interested in this in this subject. Oh, uh, well, you know, I was uh, <laughs> I was just kind of like a normal uh, uh, fellow growing up, and but when I turned eighteen, I came out to. Um, I came out to California, and I kind of got into, uh, I, was, I was a swimmer. That was my, my sport. And um, I got into uh, just eating better. And uh, actually what happened was I came out to live with my father, who I did a divorced family. But I, I uh, came out and lived with my father for, a, for a, about a year when I was 18, just starting college. And <clears throat> my stepmother was a wonderful uh, person and she was very much into health and so on. She got me to change my diet, you know, from sort of meat and potatoes to more vegetables and carrot juice and different things like that. And I just felt a, a wonderful change. I felt very strong and uh, and I um, 
I did did better in my in my athletic uh, performance became better, and I just felt kind of like reborn almost. And um, I was really interested in nutrition at that point, especially, and how that could uh, affect a person's health and so on. And my my habits before that had been pretty bad, so um, I had kind of a like a uh, an awakening uh, regarding uh, in my own personal health at that point. And I was interested in medicine anyway at that time. So I just uh, went forward and studied and uh, became more and more uh, interested in, um, in in good health and, and nutrition. That's kind of how I got started in things. And then it went on from there. I think, I think a lot of people can, can relate to what you said. Dr. Tridway, our, our time has run out. Uh, we just wanted to uh, tell people how uh, they can get more information about Dr. Treadway. Uh, he is the director of Natural Occurring Health, which teaches people how to stay healthy by living an all-natural lifestyle. Is there any, are there any websites that people can, should, should visit to uh, check, out, um, check out everything about you? Sure, sure. Um, well, one website you can, they could go to is um, we have a, a nonprofit organization called the Naturally Occurring Standards Group, and we're trying to, um, you know, emphasize uh, good good health routines and uh, uh, good eating, good diet, uh, and, and good lifestyle. So uh, that's at nosg.org. And then if you're interested in uh, uh, f- foods and food supplementation, one of the places I could recommend would be uh, Meta Organics. That's M-E-T-A Organics with an S, MetaOrganics.com. Um, and so it's been a pleasure talking to you, Michael. Thanks so much. And was the first website you gave us N-O-S-G.org, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And Ms. Megan Sure. Dr. Tradeway, we enjoyed talking to you today. Well, thanks so much. You can My visit best to everybody. Thanks so much. You can visit offgridnews.com for the best off-grid and alternative health stories you'll find anywhere. If you're into essential oils, offgridnews.com is your source. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and Pinterest. Keywords, off-the-grid news. With engineer Richard Moore, this has been Michael Faust. Please join us again next week for another edition of Off the Grid Radio.